48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Richard Pine. The headlines. Former Democratic Party lawmaker Lam Chuk Ting is arrested for allegedly disclosing the identity of a person under investigation by the ICAC. The district court clears six people of rioting during a protest in Causeway Bay last year, but one man is convicted after he attempted to flee from police that day. And ten Hong Kong people detained in the mainland since August are expected to plead guilty to charges of illegally crossing the border at a court appearance in Shenzhen this afternoon. Former lawmaker Lam Chuk Ting from the Democratic Party has been arrested for allegedly disclosing the identity of a person under investigation by the ICAC. Mike Weeks has details. A video uploaded to Mr Lam's Facebook page this morning showed three ICAC officers at his home. The Independent Commission Against Corruption later confirmed the 43-year-old faced three counts of disclosing the identity of persons being investigated on December the 30th, January the 21st and July 16th. Mr Lam has been released on ICAC bail. He's to appear in Eastern Court this afternoon for mention. The district court has cleared six people of rioting during a protest in Causeway Bay on August the 31st last year. But one man was convicted after he'd attempted to flee from police that day. Vicky Wong reports. Handing down not guilty verdicts for six of the defendants, District Court Judge Frankie Yu said although they had worn similar clothes to the rioters at the scene, the prosecution had failed to prove their involvement beyond reasonable doubt. But a 25-year-old man was convicted of rioting and possessing radio communication devices without a license. Judge Yu said the man was guilty of rioting as he had attempted to flee from police that day while his companion tried to attack officers. The man, surnamed Chan, was remanded in custody until his sentencing next month. Ten Hong Kong people detained in Shenzhen are expected to plead guilty to charges over illegally crossing the border at their court appearance this afternoon. That's according to former lawmaker Chu Hoi Dick, who's helping the families of those detained. He told an RTHK radio program that one family had contacted, contacted a relative in Shenzhen to attend the hearing, but had since lost touch with them. He said the officially appointed lawyers never told the families it would be a closed-door hearing. The defendants are among 12 Hong Kong people picked up by the Guangdong Coast Guard more than four months ago while allegedly trying to flee to Taiwan by boat. A Chinese citizen journalist who live-streamed reports from Wuhan at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic almost a year ago has been jailed for four years by a court in Shanghai. Zhang Zhan, who's a former lawyer, was on trial for picking quarrels and provoking trouble. Her lawyer said she was sentenced after a brief hearing. Zhang's live reports and essays were widely shared on social media in February, grabbing the attention of authorities, who have already punished eight virus whistleblowers so far. Her lawyers say the 37-year-old began a hunger strike in June and has been force-fed via a nasal tube. People living in a public housing block in Kuntong have been ordered to take a COVID-19 test after, a vi after virus samples were found in the sewage. A medical expert on the sewage detection team, Professor Gabriel Leung, says so far no one in Fung Chak House in Choi Wan Estate has tested positive. The virus is likely to have come from someone using toilets there. Another nearby block, Ming Lai House, has a cluster of at least 15 cases. Here's Professor Leung. It is not a presupposition that you will be able to definitely find at least one human case. But the likelihood is that yes, there is some silent spreading going on, and that is why you are getting such consistent signals. So it is a precautionary measure. 
prominent microbiologist Hopak Lung has warned there could be a V-shaped rebound in the number of coronavirus cases after the holiday period. The University of Hong Kong health expert says he's worried about a spike in infections in the next couple of weeks, noting there have been quite a lot of home gatherings and that some people haven't been wearing their mask properly or not wearing one at all. Speaking on an RTHK programme, he also gave his backing for the idea of having the disciplined forces help with contact tracing. South Korea has joined the growing list of countries reporting the presence of a variant of coronavirus linked to a rapid rise in infections in Britain. The BBC's Laura Bicker reports from Seoul. South Korea's health authorities said the new variant of coronavirus, first detected in the UK, was confirmed in a family of three who arrived from London on December the 22nd. They were tested just after their arrival and have remained in quarantine. South Korea suspended all direct flights from the UK after the new variant was discovered last week. Arrivals from Britain must undergo stricter checks at the airport and will be tested for the virus twice. The COVID-19 variant is causing concern as it's thought to be more easy to transmit. A ban on non-resident foreign nationals entering Japan begins today. It comes after Japan confirmed the first domestically transmitted case of a new, more contagious variant of coronavirus. The ban will run until the end of January. On Thursday, Japan closed its borders to travellers coming from the UK, where the new variant was first identified. South Africa has registered more than a million cases of COVID-19 since the outbreak began in March. Some hospitals and medical centres have reported a severe rise in admissions, placing a heavy strain on resources. Here's the BBC's Nomsa Maseko. The grim milestone of more than one million coronavirus cases was announced by South Africa's Health Minister William Kize on Sunday. This comes just nine days after the country, the worst hit on the African continent, reported 900,000 positive COVID-19 cases. A new coronavirus variant, referred to as 501v2, is believed to be driving the surge in infections. It was discovered by a network of South African scientists who first identified it in the country's Eastern Cape province and it rapidly spread to other parts of the country. The top government scientist in the United States, Anthony Fauci, has warned that the worst of the coronavirus pandemic may be yet to come. Speaking on American television, he said there could well be a surge in cases as a result of families getting together over the festive season, despite warnings that they should not do so. But the infectious diseases expert added that he was confident that by next April, people in high-priority categories would have received either the Pfizer or Moderna coronavirus vaccines. The number of confirmed U.S. coronavirus cases has now passed 19 million. U.S. President Donald Trump has belatedly signed a huge bipartisan coronavirus relief and spending bill into law. Republican and Democratic Party lawmakers had been pleading with him to sign it before a budget deadline. From Washington, here's the BBC's Nomia Iqbal. President Trump has ended the last-minute turmoil he created. His decision to wait for many days meant that millions of Americans had been unable to claim unemployment benefits. The bill, now that it's signed, will restore that, stop evictions, help small businesses and provide food stamps to struggling families. But in a statement, Mr Trump made clear that more needed to be done, including increasing the individual payments to Americans. President Trump had been spending the last few days playing golf in Florida as lawmakers in both parties spent days urging him to give the bill the green light. The FBI says DNA recovered from the debris of the camper van that exploded in the U.S. city of Nashville on Christmas Day matches samples taken from the home of the suspect. 
Police believe he blew himself up deliberately outside a telecoms office, knocking out communications across the state and injuring three people. They say he appears to have acted alone and that it's too early to talk about his motive. At a press conference, U.S. attorney Donald Cochran announced the name of the suspect. Based on the evidence that we've gathered at this point, we've come to the conclusion that an individual named Anthony uh, Warner is the bomber, that he was present when the bomb went off and that he perished in the bombing. We base this conclusion on forensic evidence, including DNA evidence, as well as evidence that was gathered at the scene of the bombing. The British Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rish Rishi Sunak has tried to allay fears that the country's vital financial sector could be harmed by the post-Brexit trade deal. The agreement on a future economic relationship between Britain and the EU does not cover financial services access to the EU market, but Mr Sunak said it provided reassurance to the industry and promised to make London the most attractive centre in the world to list new companies. Annalise Dodds from the opposition Labour Party remained critical. This is a thin deal. It's not the deal that the government promised. And there are large areas of our economy, for example, financial services, where there aren't clear elements within this deal, where much more work will need to be done very speedily by the Conservative government in order to ensure that we keep jobs in the UK. Dozens of Syrian refugee families have had to leave their makeshift camp in Lebanon after it was set on fire on Saturday night. At least three people were injured in the blaze. The BBC's Sebastian Usher reports. The huge conflagration at the small camp in North Lebanon near Tripoli burnt every tent to the ground. Children and teenagers carried what survived of their family belongings through the charred remains. The blaze appears to have been started by a group of Lebanese youths in a violent dispute, reportedly pitting one local family against the refugees. It's a particularly disturbing example of rising tensions over the refugees' presence in Lebanon, which is itself suffering an unprecedented economic crisis. Extreme weather over the past year has been blamed for causing thousands of deaths and huge financial losses. The charity Christian Aid has detained detailed 10 extreme events in 2020. Here's the BBC's Matt McGrath. While the world has been struggling to get to grips with the coronavirus pandemic, millions of people have also had to cope with the impacts of extreme weather events. In China, long-term flooding caused over $30 billion worth of damage between June and October this year. Floods also caused major problems in India, with around 2,000 deaths and $10 billion in financial losses. Africa was also on the receiving end, with massive locust swarms ruining crops and vegetation. Christian Aid says that climate change is a common factor in all these events, which will continue to grow in scale in the years ahead. Finance Now, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,382, four points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $104.8 billion. To currencies, a short while ago, the euro was at 1 US dollar and 22 cents. The greenback was at 103.53 yen and the pound was worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 51 cents. Now to sport, here's Atom Chung. We start with tennis news. Roger Federer will miss the Australian Open for the first time in his career. The 20-time major champion is in the midst of his recovery from two rounds of knee surgery, though he is planning for a return in 2021. Federer resumed training recently and was on the entry list for the opening Grand Slam of the year in Melbourne, which starts on the 8th of February. The 39-year-old hasn't played competitive tennis in more than 10 months. 
Now to football in the English Premier League, where Liverpool missed a chance to go five points clear at the top of the table. Shami Ajayi scored a late equaliser to earn a one-all draw for West Brom at Anfield. It was the Baggies' first point since Sam Allardyce took charge. They remain in the bottom three, but Allardyce felt it was a fair result for both sides. The lads are superb today. I think that um, uh, there's a lot of um, defending you have to do against such a quality team and. Uh, such a team with such a fantastic home record, of course, and, uh, and I think to the man, we uh, certainly frustrated Liverpool as much as we possibly could. Tottenham missed a chance to move into the top four. They scored in the opening minute of the game at Molyneux, but Wolves equalised four minutes from time to draw one all. Spurs boss Jose Mourinho thought his side threw it all away. We have one more point than we had before the game. But we lost two points, uh, scoring a goal in the first minute, having 89 minutes to score more and kill the game, and then conceding in the, the last part of the game on a, on a corner. We can also say two points dropped. In the other Premier League games, Brighton drew 2 all with West Ham. Leeds United were 1-0 winners over Burnley. In American football, the Kansas City Chiefs have clinched the number one playoff seat on the penultimate Sunday of the NFL season, following a narrow 17-14 victory over the Atlanta Falcons. The Pittsburgh Steelers won the AFC North Division. They snapped a three-game losing streak by beating Indianapolis 28-24. The Colts missed a chance to progress, as did the Cleveland Browns, who lost 23-16 to the New York Jets. The Dallas Mavericks recorded the NBA's largest ever halftime margin when they led by 50 points after two quarters against the Clippers in Los Angeles. They went on to destroy the host 124-73, a stunning result even with the injured Kawhi Leonard missing from the Clippers lineup. Dallas point guard Luka Doncic scored 18 of his 24 points in the first half. And after a hot start to the season, the star-studded Brooklyn Nets were stung by the Charlotte Hornets. Gordon Hayward's 28 points led Charlotte to a 106-104 victory, their first of the season. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, the top stories once again. Former Democratic Party lawmaker Lam Chuk Ting is arrested for allegedly disclosing the identity of a person under investigation by the ICAC. The district court clears six people of rioting during a protest in Causeway Bay last year, but one man is convicted after he attempted to flee from police that day. And ten Hong Kong people detained in the mainland since August are expected to plead guilty to charges of illegally crossing the border at a court appearance in Shenzhen this afternoon. The news from RTHK. For a safe and healthy living environment, owners should not alter the drainage systems of buildings on their own. They must ensure proper maintenance of drainage pipes and should appoint qualified professionals or contractors for regular inspection and arrange early repair if seepage or defects are found. They may apply for loans or subsidies from the Buildings Department and the Urban Renewal Authority. Visit bd.gov.hk for details. Amid the epidemic, thanks to all for being self-disciplined to protect yourselves and others. Thanks for keeping up personal and environmental hygiene and contributing to fighting the virus. We must take further steps. Keep track of your whereabouts. If you are sick, don't go to work or school. See the doctor and get tested promptly. We will prevail over the epidemic. Visit coronavirus.gov.hk for details. Fight, Fight the, the virus. virus. 
Stay vigilant. Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Monday afternoon. Monday, the 28th of December, is today's date. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas break, and perhaps some of you, like myself, are back at work. <laughs> Kicking yourself, 
why you didn't take today off. I know, I feel the same way. But it's great to be back uh, on the 123 Show, and we have a very busy program for your listening pleasure. And as usual, we'll be bringing you some of these interviews on the Facebook page. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to